Welcome to the Commission Breadth Podcast, a mortgage professional's complete guide on how to successfully scale their business and not fall into the trap of commission breadth. And now your hosts, Brandon Love and Tom Moffat. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode six. Brandon Love here with Tom Moffat and my good buddy, Jeff Mudrick. Jeff, a lot of you know, he is a rock star in the industry and only like two years in, he just hit his two year anniversary. And one of the things not everyone might know about Jeff is we kind of came up at the start of ILMB before it was bricks together. And there was this like leaderboard piece. And I remember it tracked like your first 10 deals and Jeff just shot off like a rocket. And I was like, holy crap, what is that guy doing? And if you listen to last episode, I'm a big believer in collaboration and competition. So I've had the benefit of collaborating with him on some stuff, but also watching him and trying to keep up, not doing a great job at it, but uh, he's great to pace yourself with. So welcome, Jeff. Thank you. Thanks. What an introduction. Holy smokes. I'll take that all day. It's good to have you, man. It's nice to be here. I know. Yeah. When I remember coming up together and I think hopefully maybe some of the inspiration to leave your farm was to keep pace. Yeah. And I think when you did that, there you go. We're on uh, some rocket fuel heading up. Yeah, that was a TSN turning point for sure. So kind of like this past week, I posted on the ILMB page that I had hit my 100 deals and got a lot of responses there. And then you messaged me like, hey, just hit my two-year anniversary and I had a very similar post. So I can't share it anymore. And I was like, oh, sorry, dude. Why don't you come on the podcast and touch on a few of those points? So you're like, for sure. So great to have those insights come out today. Yeah, I had, uh, like what Brandon said, I had a full, you know, same length post probably just with like the five or six, like biggest things I've learned in two years in the industry. And when I told Brandon, I can't post. Yeah, like you said, it was nice to invite me on here to hopefully share some of those insights and share maybe what I would do differently or things that I would do the same and mindset shifts and all that fun stuff. Love it. And do you know them off the top of your head, those five or six points? Like, oh, yeah. Dive right into it. Sure. Let's go. So, Brandon, we've had a conversation around this. So you would have probably heard some of these, but a lot of them are not like super, super specific, but I think they will provide some value and just insight to brokers who are new to the industry or who have been in the industry for a little bit and just need that little like mindset tweak. So the first thing that I have is the idea of like, don't chase the rabbit or don't chase the squirrel. So when it comes to lead gen ideas, there are 101 ways to generate leads. And if you try all 100, you are probably not going to succeed at any of them or not going to succeed in like as well as you can at any of them. So I know people who are in trainings, there's so much training, so many opportunities for mortgage agents to build their business and, and whatnot. And I know a lot of agents who are in trainings for one quarter and then hop right into the next quarter and the next and the next and have been in training essentially for two or three years, which is awesome in theory. But like when you're trying to implement what you've just learned, it's near impossible when you've just learned it for three months. And then, you know, right after that, you're learning something else that you should be implementing. So when I a year ago, I took a course from a well-known mortgage agent in the industry who has uh, like six lessons, I guess you can call it, took one of those lessons and essentially like rebuilt my business out of that. And I probably missed out on five other amazing things, but 
something really clicked with me in one of these lessons. And then, yeah, it's like my book of business has completely changed since taking that course. Like early on, you were able to swat away the shiny object syndrome. Sounds like you just dialed in on one or two things. Yeah, like early on, it was luckily I was, you know, with a good brokerage who had some great training. Brandon alluded to ILMB Mortgage Pros was the first, (laughs) a bit of a tongue teaser, but anyways, now Bricks and their focus was solely on realtors and doing what's called like the four slide. And that was it. So all I did was that for the first like year in the business and had a great year. So that was like the only thing I did. Signed up for 10 Loans a Month Academy. They had uh, a great course. And the person that I did my training with was like, what the heck are you doing where 100% of your deals are coming from realtors? Why are you doing that? I'm like, well, low hanging fruit, easy to connect with. I found that most realtors I spoke with were unhappy with their current mortgage broker, whether it was communication or just deals that like weren't going smoothly. So I found a nice opportunity and able to kind of swoop in with some of those realtors. The challenging part with realtors is the fact it's a lot of pre-approvals. It's a lot of, hey, like going to go see some properties and the deal might close in a month, three months, six months, or I'm still connecting with clients who I first initially had a conversation with a year and a half ago. So longer turnaround time. So is that why you made that transition to the second point? Yeah, I think so. So then I got an opportunity yeah, to take the training and the person was like, why are you doing all realtors? You should look at FAs, financial advisors and lawyers. And I was like, how do you get business from them? Like, what does that look like? Anyway, kind of chatted around some opportunities. And since then, well, the first like three months of this year, the script completely flipped where I was at like 75% of my business was coming from FAs and lawyers. And about 25% were from realtors when they were slow. Yeah. And that's a really nice piece because it's not like the realtor business disappears. Like it's going to come back with a vengeance at some point. And I'm sure spring market, you probably got hit and we're like, holy crap, what have I done? I've got both layered, but also you're learning to thrive in that environment. And now you have a whole other layer built on. But I think a big piece there is like you didn't try to build both those layers simultaneously. You built one to the point where it was like a rock solid foundation. And then you added the next layer where you swatted away the next five ideas that guy had and said, okay, FAs, lawyers are piece two. And I'm sure you could go back and talk to him and be like, hey, I missed your other five lessons. Can you share some insights on it and take the next year and build up on there? And your business is only going to scale and grow from that. Oh, 100%. Like I remember I listened to the 12 hour broker podcast and I was like, my, like there's so many amazing business opportunities or marketing strategies that people can take. Oh yeah. If you people take one episode and just expand on it. 100%. I told Ryan that as well. I was like, if somebody takes one of your podcast episodes, if it's a good one, which they all are, Ryan, you, yeah. could, build, you could build a really successful business based off of one of oh, those. Yeah. You really just hammer it home. Yeah. yeah, I think that the challenge is that people take one tenth of an episode, try it for two weeks, park it, try the next thing, and you never like dig deep enough to hit oil or it's like that thing of the guy digging for a gem and like he's one hit away from it, but he never hits it, it goes to the next spot, so on and so forth. So It's like with honestly anything. So if you're posting on social media and you don't get traction and you stop, well, it's not going to work. If you reach out to realtors and nine of them say no, maybe that 10th is probably going to, you know, whatever. As long as you're being consistent, which Brandon, I like on your post, that was like the biggest message I have for people too, is whatever you're doing in pretty much any area of life is what I've learned over the past couple of years. 
if you are consistent, even if you're consistently doing something like wrong, if you're consistent, it will eventually work itself out. Yeah. Like something that I've taken time to do. So another point in this list I have is like, there's more to life than mortgages. So the first year in the business, I literally worked like 10 hours a day for seven days a week in this orange office. I did not move. I'm a huge fan of like the Leafs and sports and, you know, socializing with friends. And I did none of that for a year. And if I were to do it again, would I do that? No, I would spend time in other areas of my life. But, you know, learning lessons now that like just being consistent works. So I'm doing a lot of like, you know, training right now, like triathlon training. And I'm not a good runner, but if I run consistently, guess what? My running improves. And mm-hmm. it's the same mortgages. If you're making phone calls and they're not going well, they will eventually go well. That's like a point number two is there's just more to life than mortgages. Exactly. And I remember you saying at one point that you were like living in your office. And for those of you who don't know you, you have a young daughter as well. All three of us have young kids. And we're like, kind of what is the point where it's too much that you're missing too much of that bigger piece that obviously matters more in life. And I think this year, I know I was when I was chatting you with you earlier this week, I'm like, man, you look like you're having a lot more fun. Like I can see you're on vacation with your wife and daughter. Like you guys are going to Toronto Island. Like you're doing a lot more stuff where before, you know, you weren't doing it because you're in that office all the time. hundred percent. Yeah. So it's made like that work-life balance a real thing. I remember maybe you two had the same mindset where when I left the healthcare industry, I was like, oh yeah, I'm self-employed. I can work whenever I want. Let's go. And then I got into the industry. I'm like, I am working literally two times as much as I did a yeah. year. What the hey, heck? You replaced your job with a job. Yeah. yeah. And then you got your time back. And when you got your time back, did anything like volume wise, production wise, did anything drop? Are you still the same? Are you higher? I would say definitely I'm higher than like this year is going to be a better year than last year. Not by much. Like I'm just over where it was a year ago. But the time in this office has dropped probably by 50%. So efficiency wise, I'm like through the roof with a lot of room for improvement. Mm -hmm. But you know, quality time with family and friends is like more important to me than, you know, than the mortgage world and sitting in this office. Would you say that's mostly credit to transitioning from realtors to FAs? Or is it a mix of that? And did you onboard an employee of fulfillment or anything? I did. Yeah. So definitely one mistake. And one thing I wish I did earlier was hire somebody to support the business. It was just me until about a few months ago when my wife left her Cushy government job to come to come and hang out and talk a lot more mortgages with me. So she's running the fulfillment side. So essentially, as soon as I get the commitment from a client, she takes the file and completely runs with it. She's ordering appraisals. She's making sure lender receives docs. She's doing all the broker complete stuff, which has been an absolute game changer. So that has reduced a ton of my time to allow me to go and prospect a bit more, go and nurture the relationships that I already had. Like going out for lunches with lenders and with realtors who I've never met before. Been nice. That's it's such awesome. a funny thing. I eh, once you do that, and you're like, before I used to be like, okay, well, what's the value of going to play in a golf tournament with a lender? That is just a waste of a day. And then I went and did it, and I was like, oh my gosh, that was such a high return activity. Now, like my call gets picked up even faster. Yeah. A lot of exceptions, like all these things that like stem out of the relationship side of the business more, whereas like early on, you're so focused on the deal. And like, that is everything. But there's all this stuff around it that is business at large in general, that once you can focus on it, it really starts to scale. 
hundred percent. And like something that I found to be really cool was when I started meeting these realtors, or I sent a video out to all my realtor partners to say, Hey, round of golf on me. Like whenever you want, it's on you. I send like a video every week. It's by far, I did it two years in a row. The email that gets the most responses every year. So when I went to go meet these realtors who, I don't even know what some of them look like. Like if they don't have it in their email signature, I have no idea what they look like, which not great. But anyways, when I went to meet them, they're like, hey, Jeff, how are you? I'm like, how do you know me? Like, what's going on? Like, oh, I, and I asked some of them, I'm like, what's going on here? And they said, your videos, like, I know who you are. Because yeah. they get CC'd on every budget video that I do, every Friday video, they see my face. And it feels to me that, they know me, which is interesting. And I feel like we're pretty in the dark with that. But what's come from a lot of these times going out and meeting these realtors face to face or going out for a beer or whatever it is, is, you know, I'm not getting those like crappy leads. You know, I had a realtor call say, hey, I'm not sending you every lead, but here's why. I'm like, you don't have to send me every lead. But it was essentially because they're like, we don't want to waste your time. We don't want to blah, 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 blah. I'm like, take that all day. Yeah. I like and it. That, that was her mindset. Eh? She didn't want to waste your time with the leads. So it was another like interesting shift. One is like, yeah, I don't want those leads that you don't feel like will turn into anything. But I also do want them, if that makes sense. Like I want you to send me it all and let me decide where that lead goes. That is a conversation we've had. But another thing, another big reason why I decided to hire somebody besides like time in office is because I was getting a lot of clients reaching out to say, hey, I know you're so busy, but blah, 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 blah. Or, hey, I have a friend. Do you have time to chat with them? I'm like, yeah, I do. Like, what are you talking about? You're not too busy to like have a conversation with you. And I guess I was probably like giving off that vibe or maybe the emails were just taking a bit longer to get back to. And I was like, this is not right. I don't like how I'm servicing clients or even realtors if they feel that I'm so busy. I don't want that. No. So that definitely helped me to say, hey, Em, like my wife, do you want to come on board now to allow me time to do more, do better for my clients. Yeah, I like that. So it's like, okay, we're going to bring you on. We're going to do the exact same thing, but we're going to do every step that much better. And that's your role in the business. And I think that's a great way to do it. Another piece I think that was on your list and probably contributed to this time that you've gotten back was saying no to a lot of files. So I think that is something... Everyone's scared of at the start, unless you're like some super, super mindset person. I think it's a big piece. You're like, I don't want to say no, because is this opportunity going to come up? Am I going to offend this realtor partner or FA by saying no to this? So how did you get your head around that? That's a hundred percent. That was my mindset too. Even still to some degree, I'm like, ah, saying no, it's not about the client really. It's more so about that relationship with whoever referred them my way. So I shifted my mindset from two things. One, like I am probably not the best person to serve this client. So when I tell myself that, it's easy to tell the realtor that, or it's easy to tell the client, hey, there's somebody else that I think would be better suited for you. Let me make an introduction. Hey, your bank will definitely help you out here. I would suggest going there since you already blah, 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 blah. Like I have a client literally a couple of days ago, they reached out to say, hey, I want to open up like a line of credit to bridge, whatever it is. And I checked all their mortgage stuff is with Scotia. They have like three rental properties, a farm, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, go to Scotia. They will open that up for you. No problem. Mm-hmm. So, and they appreciate it. Like the amount of reviews I've gotten or the amount of positive feedback I've received from saying no to a client in a respectful way, they appreciate it as much as anyone. 
because they're not wasting their time filling out an application or sending you all the stuff that you probably can't do stuff with anyways. So it was powerful. And the last part about saying no is, or a huge part for me, is just saving time. Like if something's a time suck and I know it's going to be a time suck, it's not worth paycheck. It's honestly not. I'd rather do four other deals that are with clients who are my avatar than to work on one deal that's causing me all the stress, anxiety, and time. So that was a shift for me. Yeah. And I think that conversation go with, say, the referral partner in that situation. Yeah. So depending on the relationship, if it's a referral partner, it's like a family member, it's a little different. But if it's just like a random lead that they have, conversation's pretty simple. Hey, realtor. Hey, FA. Thank you so much for the referral. I truly appreciate it. I had a quick conversation with the client and, you know, my biggest strengths are in these areas. And I say this to everyone. My biggest strengths are first-time home buyers, people buying their first investment property or people who are self-employed. Kind of encapsulates everyone without saying everyone. And this person I think is best suited over here. So what I'm going to do with your permission is send you an email introduction or email you and the client an introduction to this person. And they will definitely be able to better service you and ensure that you get the best mortgage possible. Or, hey, this client, thank you so much for the referral. Really appreciate it. I've advised the client that it's in their best interest to actually walk into the bank. I don't get paid from that, but it honestly is in the best interest of the client and it will make their experience and yours a lot easier. What's in it for them? Yeah, that's a huge piece. I think like just reframing it to the point of, hey, this isn't in my interest, it's in the client's interest, and this is why. And then a big piece there is touching on, these are my core areas I focus on, and just reminding them, this is the kind of leads to send me more of. Like, it's I'm not, only man this. It's <laughs> honestly, like that is the reason why, is remind them, and oftentimes they'll say, oh yeah, I have this client who's actually self, whatever, I have this client who's this, like do you mind giving them a shout? I'm like, sure. So you're, you're losing a lead and uh, you're gonna gain one more often than not. And do you actually like self-employed clients? Because from the sounds of things, you're not keen on business bank statement <laughs> underwriting. It depends, depends on what they're looking after. Yeah, again, I am absolutely, I'll happily say it, I am not the best underwriter in the world at all. I lean on colleagues, I lean on people to help me with that. So if there's business bank statements, you know, not fun. If they are self-employed and pay themselves in dividends or T4 themselves, great, no problem. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, No issues there. Or just go to that fun uh, BFS program with one of our favorite lenders and there you go. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So if I've got this down correctly, we've got stick to one to two things to go deep on as first point. Second point, have a life. It's not all about mortgages. Enjoy yourself. Hire early. Is that another point that we just... 100%. Hire early. And then be able to say no to files. Yeah. And I got a few more for you. All right. Let's do it. Another one is your brokerage. And then you can kind of sub out brokerage for a number of things. But your brokerage doesn't matter. And what I mean by that is your brokerage or your CRM or your website or whatever else, it doesn't matter. What matters is you working in the industry. So you can be with the absolute best brokerage in the entire world and still not fund as many mortgages as you want or as, you know, whatever. You can be with the worst brokerage in the world and you can succeed and do very well. It's definitely for a new broker, obviously it helps to be with a brokerage that provides actual tangible training besides the just tell everyone you're a mortgage broker. <laughs> Classic. 
The classic one, exactly. So there's advantages to being with certain brokerages, but you know, it doesn't really matter. I view myself as a successful mortgage broker and I run it all off of a Google Sheets spreadsheet. That's mm-hmm. it. I think we have the same one from... Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure we do. Like from, uh, you know who that built it up for us, right? I don't use that. No, it's, no? I don't even use that. There's no oh. automation. There's nothing. It is oh, just, it's super old school. When I started, I tracked client names, first names only. It's so silly. Closing date, purchase price, and mortgage amount, and the interest rate. Love That's it. Oh, I love it. That's so good. And it's you didn't waste any time on it. Wait, wait. There is some time wasted because it is now color coordinated. Close deals, live Get deals. Fancy. Waiting on compliance. Yeah. But was that you or was that M coming in? That was, that was M. That was yeah. not that's what I was going to say. That's not you. <laughs> yeah, but for sure, there's an opportunity to become a lot more efficient and to build out that system and process. And there's definitely is, but I'm focusing my time on things that are going to generate me business today and like focus on the money making activities, which has been like my mindset since day one. Exactly. Yeah, and you made a good point. Like it doesn't matter on the brokerage all that much in terms of your production. Like if you're coming into the industry, if that person is bound to be successful, like even if they're at a brokerage that doesn't provide any training, if that person even just, you know, did a quick Google search, podcast search, like you're going to find training resources out there that you can join and be part of. So yeah, in my opinion, there is no excuse. Like if you have the drive, you'll find the resources out there. Yeah. Like, so for example, I had a lot of people reach out. I was on uh, the ILMB podcast and a lot of people reach out like, what's the secret of the forest slide? What is this mysterious forest slide? Like, I'm sure maybe you get that as well. And, you know, the secret is literally scripting and providing some sort of value that a realtor can like tangibly look at or hear and say, oh, that is value. It's all about communication. That's what this whole industry is. So yeah, I would say point number four or five or whatever number we're at is your brokerage slash CRM slash website slash Things that don't make you money don't matter. Yeah. And I think that's a big one that a lot of people jump brokerage to brokerage. It's like, okay, I'm going to date everyone before I decide who I'm going to marry. And it's like, well, you know, it doesn't really make a difference if you're putting in the activities or you have the bigger pieces, the mindset, like the brokerages that say they're feeding you leads are a myth. We all know that. But like, if you're not doing the steps or you don't have the mindset for the business to go out and get it that's going to be your biggest input whatever the word is there impetus (laughs) it sounds weird that's going to be your biggest flaw so 100 and the other thing too is that not everyone's meant for the sales side of the business and that's okay you know you can join the business you can join the industry and find that like i'm sure i think we're all are in agreement is that this industry is it's pure sales it's a service slash sales industry and Maybe people get into it for another reason, and that's totally okay. Like if you love the underwriting piece, fantastic. There are so many jobs and opportunities for you in the mortgage space, but if you wanna be self-employed and run a successful business, you need that mindset of it is sales and I gotta hustle, I gotta script, gotta work and put in the time. 100%. So another one I have is, you know, it's kind of on the line of like excuses, but like rates are not your problem. Like if you're not succeeding in today's market, it's not because of interest rates. I'm very firm and confident on that. And there are so many ways to generate business, whether you're targeting purchases, renewals, refinances, whatever it is, doesn't matter what the interest rates are. People will be buying, people will be selling, people will be renewing, people will want to pull out equity. So it's just about figuring out who your target clients are 
and how to get in front of these people to sell your services to them. So, you know, I see a lot on a lot of different websites or Facebook groups and stuff is oh, business is down, business is down. Like, what does that mean? Is that your personal production is down? Is that the, you know, anyone goes on Instagram and you see realtors posting that year over year sales are down or up or whatever. It doesn't matter. My viewpoint of that is that it's an excuse. And yeah. uh, it requires you up more. Exactly. Yeah. I love I it. I absolutely love it because yeah. I'm like, wait, more free business for me. Wait for the next year when things come down, you know, then there's technically more business, right? Because it's like, if I'm succeeding more in a down market, I can only imagine what the next two years look like. Or the other piece is if it's slow and you have this down market, like use that extra time now, ramp up your prospecting. Yeah, That's exactly. going to compound three to six months out and then you'll no longer be slow. So I think that anyone who's like, oh, I'm just sitting here kind of bored because rates are down. I was so busy last year. It's like, you're just not doing things you like doing anymore. So accept that it sucks to do some of these other steps, but you have to do it in order to grow. Yeah. Like I think, Tom, you mentioned like that stuff, it definitely fires me up. If someone, you know, it's a mindset thing too. I'm super competitive person. So if someone is doing really well, I want to get there. If someone's complaining about where the market's at i'm like see you later like walk that out yeah like a big thing my first year that i had written down was like a you know very helpful for me is to stay with like-minded people because there's a ton of negativity in the industry and you can easily be sucked into that so if you're staying away from the drama or staying away from people who are i guess like complaining you're not going to do better. For sure. It's like any office space, right? If you got in the water cooler talk with the person who hates the boss, hates the environment, hates the color of the walls, you're going to be miserable there. But if you get surround yourself and people who are like, oh, this is actually kind of fun or like, this was hard, but I feel good about doing it. It just changes your whole perspective of your day. Even like, I know we're kind of running long on this point, but even things like, oh, this lender is not getting back to me. Like, you know, then do something about it. Yeah. Like you run your own business. If they're not getting back to you, like I know there are certain situations where it is a pain, but at the same time, you know, do you have a relationship with the underwriter? If the answer is no, and they're not getting back to you, you know, do something about it. Get a relationship with that. Send them a loom video to say, Hey, I'm Jeff. Like, I know I've sent you a lot of deals. We've worked together, but here's like, I'm actually a person in this orange office. And I would, I'm so excited to send deals to you because of whatever. It's just like simple things like that, that build yeah. relationships and get you those answers and, you know, get your last excuse train. hundred percent. That's cool. Like sending a loom to the lenders, like people don't think of that. I know there's some that don't accept, they can't open the links like with their systems, but for the most part, like most will accept a loom video and they love it. So no, I, I love that piece. And to your point, like people complaining on ILMB page, like that's the last thing you want to do because lenders are on there. Don't complain about lenders on there. Just don't do it. And don't name them. Not <laughs> don't name them. Not. Use color. I, <laughs> I have two more that are helping me this year. So one is to know your clients. So who are your clients? Are your clients the people who are getting mortgages? Are your clients realtors? Are they FAs? Are they lawyers? Are they you know your community? Like who are they? And whoever they are, once you determine that, you service the heck out of those clients. Like for me, for example, my clients are realtors and FAs. They were lawyers for a while. Now it's kind of fading off a little bit, but they are my clients. They are feeding my family. So when they send me something I want, or like when an FA sends me clients, T4s and 
you know, all that stuff. It's a nice feeling to get that. And they get some flowers sent their way. Or if I feel like a deal is going a little bit, a little tiny bit sideways. And even if the realtor doesn't feel it, it's just different from my norm because I've been enjoying my summer. They get a nice box of chocolate sent their way, or they get a, you know, Amazon gift card, whatever it is, just something different. My clients, like the people who are getting mortgages are definitely part of my clients. My mine, my clients are my referral sources all day long. Yeah, I agree with you there. Obviously, a big part of servicing your referral sources is servicing those clients. But the deep conversations and all that stuff, you're going deep with the realtor FA versus the individual client itself. And it's the mindset of like, I want to target like one person to get many clients. So targeting one realtor to get their book of business or targeting two realtors in the same office to get that whole office or just, you know, something like that, which has been nice over the past two years. So just kind of honing in on who your client is has been helpful. For sure. And the final point, Jeff, what is it? <laughs> well, I should have kept this one in the middle because it's not as not exciting. <laughs> just the sense of like business never stops in terms of like building your business, you know? There's never an email template that is going to be your email template for the next year or two years. There's never going to be a way that you get introduced to a client that's, you know, everything's always evolving. So if you feel like you have something perfected, I guarantee you talk to Brandon or Tom, they'll come into your business and say, well, what about this? Try adding this in there. So the whole point of that is to be with like-minded people, trust in this collaboration and competition mindset where I know we all went to Kelowna to do the the name of mastermind mastermind yeah Yeah. so that you know it was a great opportunity to see what other people are doing and how i can implement that into my business so if you feel like your business is complete and you're super happy with it you know if you're happy with your you know 10 20 30 million dollar volume each year great but if you want to grow the business needs to adapt and grow in this environment as well for sure i love that like so we did the mastermind in january and then tom and i booked this like farm airbnb last week or week before forgetting now and we like went through everything client journey everything we picked it apart again and it was like oh yeah like this is actually so much better now and i'm sure we could do it the same thing oh, in yeah. December and add another layer on there so that's awesome you guys did your own mastermind that's yeah incredible yeah it is a lot of fun it's awesome yeah a couple of bottles of wine and some mortgage stock yeah too, too many beers and uh yeah <laughs> hot tub got all cute in the hot tub with some cigars yeah. Yeah. That, no, honestly, though, like that is my dream. Like when we went to Kelowna, it was an opportunity to work on mortgages for three or four days, 12 hours or 15, however long, without being judged by like family or friends or like not coming out. You talk them. about it all day long. Yeah. yeah it was so yeah. nice. Learned yeah. a ton and imp- like tried to do our best to implement whatever we learned. For sure. That was a big thing, too, from that event, though, is to take all that stuff and actually put it into practice. I feel like I have that list of like 10 other things I could still implement that I haven't yet. Yeah. Even just the one or two I put in have dramatically changed my business. Yeah. No, this industry, I remember talking to like Ryan, Brandon, you know, like Ryan was super helpful early on in our careers. And, you know, he said something that always stuck with me. It was the best part about this industry is if you want an in-ground pool, you can go work for this long and you will get the money to get that pool. There's an unlimited amount of funds out there, an unlimited amount of, you know, your income's not capped. And if you put in time, if you get X number of referral sources, you know your business is going to increase by this amount, which has just been like a mindset that I've had. I've, you know, tried to 
you know, really lived that mindset for the last two years. For sure. And it shows, man. So congratulations on an amazing first two years. I'm looking forward to continuing to be your friend onwards, unless you dump me and seeing years four, six, eight, and 10, and just watching how far you can scale this thing. Love it. Thank you. Thanks so much. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.